Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive and together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will flow through your word in Jesus' mighty name. Let's go to Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. And we started this conversation um, regarding the hearing of faith. The hearing of faith. And this is part 4. The hearing of faith. And it's important for us to understand that what we hear contributes largely to our destiny. There's something about hearing, about hearing. Jesus warns us about wrong or right hearing. Romans chapter 10, and let's go to verse 17. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. The Bible says, So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. So faith comes. Glory to God. Faith comes by hearing. So there is a reason faith comes. How does faith come? By hearing. And hearing word? The word of Christ. So faith does not come by hearing any other word. There is a specific word that bets faith. And that is the word of Christ. So when you learn more about Christ, you hear more of the word of Christ... Faith is imparted automatically. You know, a lot of people say, well, I don't have faith. I'm trying to believe God. I don't have faith. You don't pray for faith. You hear for faith. Okay? You don't pray for faith. You don't need to say, well, I'm trusting God. No, 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 no. You don't need to trust God for faith. You know, the only time people prayed for faith in the scriptures was when those um, guys came to meet Jesus for healing and Jesus asked them about faith and he said, oh Lord, increase our faith. And then you know a lot of people go ahead and just pray, Oh God, I want you to increase my faith. Oh God, I want you to increase my faith. Well, that was before the cross. After the cross, God is not in the business of increasing faith. Every man has been dealt with a measure of faith. So God has already given you the measure of faith. You need to work. If you want to increase your faith, you have to pay attention to the hearing of the word. And that's why you observe something. That when you come to... Um, fellowship for instance and you're in church and you're hearing the message it looks like all the problems in the house I can solve them when I get there what's happening to you? it's almost like you're receiving a faith injection it's almost like you're receiving a faith boost praise God but you realize what happened? by the time you hear the word you're like yes we can take this mountain yes I can get this job yes I can conquer this and then what happens? You, you, you start going home and in the taxi someone tells you you know what? Buhari's government is a bad government. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's very true. You know, ah, in Nigeria, there are no jobs now if you don't know any person. Ah, my brother, there's one case that happened in Abba. And what's happening? You think you're just having a conversation, but what's actually happening is you are hearing something else. You're not hearing the word of Christ. You're hearing the word of a government. You're hearing the words of impossibility. What's going to come? Instead of faith to come, faith leaves and fear comes. No conversation will leave you the same. A conversation is either building faith or building fear. Are you following what I'm saying? And, I, and that's why your ears are gateway to your faith life. Your ears and your eyes. 
Hearing the word of, of God and putting eyes on the word is key to faith. You know, with all of this crisis going on in the world, I had to put something, if you follow me on social media, I had to put something. You know, people just say, say something positive. Say something good. We're hearing too much bad news. Just try and say something good. And then people try to say something positive. You know what I tell people? Don't expect people to say positive things when they don't have it in them. They've never built it. They've never believed it. Out of the abundance of the heart, we speak. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And then you know people just say, well, God forbid, this thing will not come near my house. What's the substance of that declaration? Nothing. You see, you can't expect somebody to be positive who's been negative all their life. You don't expect people to have faith when they've never had faith. Are you following what I'm saying? Some people have never built faith. And when they come to a period like this, you just see them. Faith is not, you know, let me use a local language. Faith, faith, faith is not bold face. Do you understand? Faith is not, God forbid, it will not come near my house. That's not faith. Anybody can say God forbid. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. There is something about the substance. The substance is Christ. Are you following what I'm saying? Sometimes, when you have faith, you don't even go with incessant confession. You know, your faith just makes certain things, you know, this thing is impossible. It's not, it's not whether we should say it is impossible. It's just impossible. It's just your knowing. For instance, I mean, I know I'm a man, right? Well, in the society right now, we have to tell people we are men because... Yeah, so I'm a man. <laughs> you understand? Because then there are women who have become men, men who have become women. Just confusion, you know, just confusion everywhere. So, <laughs> I remember going to, I can't remember which country I was going to, and they asked us to fill forms. Gender. You know, you're just used to it. Gender is male and female. And then we had like six different types of gender. I'm like, what? Who, who is this? Who is this? Okay, so I'm a man. Now, imagine a, 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 somebody comes to me and say, you know what? Just say you are a man. Keep saying you are a man. Just say you are a man. You realize that if I keep saying, you know what, I'm a man, I'm a man, I'm a man, I'm a man. Somebody's going to call me and say, come, what's the problem? Because there are certain things that you just know. You just know. It's, this is impossible. This, die by accident, is no way. It's not a prayer point. It's not that let's pray before we travel so we will not die. No, dying by accident is not part of the covenant. It's not there. You can't find it in the list. It's like you're going to seek admission, right? And you, you, you have admission. And then you, you, you apply to Rust, uh, River State University of Science and Technology. You can't go to Uniport and be looking for your name. Do you understand? So when you look at the list of those admitted by accident, you are not there. So trying to pray to prevent it means your name was there. You are trying to remove it. No, you didn't apply to that school in the first place. You're not just there. It's not part of our conversation. It's not part of our declaration. It's not part of our expectation. Is this arrogance? No. Let him that boast, boast in this fact, that he knows the Lord. There are certain things that are not within our sphere of influence. We can have conversation about some other things. But for this one, I didn't apply for the school. I don't expect my name to show up. So it's not like my name is there. Then let's try to pray and remove it. No, it wasn't there in the first place. I'm not part of that class. With long life will he satisfy me and show me his salvation. So when you go to long life school, you can check my name. Do you understand? That's the one we should pray about. Are we doing 60 or 70 or 80 or 100 or 120? That's the conversation we should have. Not the accident school. There are certain conversations that you should not have. You're not there. 
Then don't force yourself there by prayers. <laughs> Are you still here? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So it's not just by saying God forbid. That's not faith. You build faith before the day of adversity. It says if your strength falls in the day of adversity, it says then your strength is small. So the believer builds faith. Glory to God. I said glory to God. I said glory to God. There are certain things that are impossibilities. You're not in that school. You're not in that realm. It's not a place of engagement. Because faith in God will always produce the results. Glory to God. Now, let's go to uh, Numbers chapter... No, Mark chapter 4. Go to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. And you know when someone says, well, but there's this great man I used to respect and this happened to him. Our faith is not on what happened to a man. Regardless of how great a man is, you don't know what they believe. At the moment where things happen to certain people, you don't know their confession. So, I never, you see, you know what? Let me say this right, right? I mean, I hope you get it the wrong way. Let, the right way, right? Don't get it the wrong way. But let me say this. I mean, God forbid it will not happen. But, if, even if, I mean, just an example, even if I'm to die by sickness, right, I will tell my family to write there, this is the man who believed in divine healing. My experience does not negate the truth. I, I don't know if you understand. Like, I can be as sick as anything, and I'll still tell you God heals. I'm not, I'm not believing God heals. Because I am healed in that sense. I'm believing God heals because that is the truth. So if I'm not healed, the problem is not with God. The problem is not with His Word. Are are you following what I'm saying? So our faith in God is based on the truths of the Scripture. What am I trying to say? Even if I'm your pastor and my experiences does not line up with the Word of God, it doesn't mean the Word is not true. Because even as a pastor, right... I have to use the same faith you're using to trust God. Do you you understand that? Like, I have to believe the word. You know what? Let me say this. You know what? I mean, you should honor pastors. But let me just put it this way, right? This is what, like, pastors are, right? Like, all of us gain admission into the school. We're all in a class now. And they say, let's select a class captain. Right? Do you use class captain or prefect or monitor? I don't like monitor because monitor is close to, like, monitor lizard. I prefer to use prefect or class captain. <laughs> yeah? So let's use prefect or class captain. Now, you realize something? That that class captain will study the same subject you're studying. And if that class captain is not careful, he can even fail. Even though he's class captain. So, it's just like God has called all of us and said, listen, out of all of us that are believers, he's going to pick a few to just help coordinate and manage and teach the body. I have to believe what I'm preaching. That's why he says, you know, he says on the last day, he will tell some, you performed miracles in my name, but I don't know you. You know what I was trying to say? You did all the class jobs, but I didn't have a relationship with you. So it's possible for a preacher to preach and not live the life. And that's why Jesus said, it is by their fruits we know them, not by their preaching. By how they live. By the fruit of the spirit that comes out in them. Never judge a preacher by how much miracle he performs. Never judge a preacher by how eloquent he is. Don't judge a preacher because he has swag. 
Just judge him if he has the fruits. Is the man patient? Is he kind? Is he gentle? Does he have self-control? Is he long-suffering? That's how to know who a preacher is. Not just a preacher. That's how to know who what? A believer is. Praise God. So Mark chapter 4 and verse 24. Mark chapter 4 and verse 24. It says, And he was saying to them, Take care what you listen to. Take care what you listen to. By your standard of measure, it will be measured to you, and the more will be given you besides. Do we have the amplified version? If we don't have the amplified, let's try the message. Take care what you listen to. It's important what you listen to. You know, people say, I can listen to anything. It does not affect me. You know, he said, listen carefully to what I'm saying, and to be wary of should advice that tell you how to get ahead in the world on your own. Giving, not getting, is the way of life. Go to, use the Amplified. The Amplified. Do you have the Amplified? Or the NIV, or the NLT, any of them. Pay close attention. The measure with which you give is the measure with which you are going to receive. But the key thing I want you to do is say, listen carefully to what I'm saying. Take heed to what you listen to. Pay attention to your conversation. Consider carefully what you hear. He continued, with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you and even more. And what he was essentially saying is the measure of thought you give to something, that's what the Amplified say, is the measure of understanding you get from it. That means, if you're listening to something, the more you give attention to it, the more you pay attention to it, the more revelation you begin to get from that thing. Let me explain something to you. If I meet you right now and say, you know what? This guy is a very bad guy. He says, ah, I, don't, I, I think he's a bad guy. You haven't given thought to it. Right? When you go home, you will not consider, wait, 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 they said the guy is a bad guy. Yeah. I remember what he did in January. What are you doing? You're giving thoughts to that thing. You know, the more you begin to meditate, the more you begin to see all the bad things the guy has been doing. You discover that even for some of you, when you get angry and you start boiling like hot water, you just begin to boil in the room all alone. What's happening? Revelation of badness is coming, is hitting you. you and then, as you're, as you're giving that measure of thought to that word, you will begin to now plan very bad things you're going to do back to that person. That's why you realize that sometimes you leave people nice, and you come back the next day, and they're acting like, and you ask yourself, what did I do? No, that guy has been meditating on something, and he has gotten revelations, and he has gotten plans, and he's acting on them. Are you following what I'm saying? So it's the same thing with the Word of God. When we give attention to the Word of God, what happens? Spirit of revelation begins to rest upon us. Amen. And you, be, you know, for instance, I remember many years ago, I was meditating on the Word of God. You know, and this scripture hit me so strong in the book of Malachi chapter 3. It says, I will spare them as a man will spare his own son. It, it just dawned on me. That when everything is happening around me, God will spare me as he will spare his own son. It, it just dawned on me. And I, I travel, <laughs> you know, if you, well, before all of this thing happened. I think one of the things I miss the most this season is having to fly or just travel. You know, I remember I called someone, I was calling all church members, and, how are you doing and everything? And I remember one person was so bold, he told me, ah, he said, pastor, so you will not travel for some time now. In fact, that was the person's greatest joy. The pastor is on lockdown. <laughs> you know, but sometimes I get into the airplane and I sleep. I just sleep. You know, and maybe when I get to where I'm going to, you hear stories, oh, there was turbulence, there was a lot of this, that. I just sleep. 
I don't sleep because I'm not scared. I sleep because of certain revelations that are in my spirit. I used to be scared of heights a lot. I used to be scared of heights. I never climbed fence. Once anything is higher than where I can put my hand, anything that will say, help me come down, I don't climb it. I, I just help me. No, 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 no. I just want to make sure my feet is on the ground. That's how scared I was of height. But today I fly. I had to deal with that fear by the word of God. I had to open the scriptures. And do you understand what I'm saying? I had to open. I didn't just go and say, it's not my portion. It's not my portion. It's not faith. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God forbid is not faith. It's not a confession of faith. What is a confession of faith? Saying what the word says. It's not saying nice things. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It, you see, when Paul, you know, I've heard people say this, ah, there shall be no loss. Hey, there shall be no loss. And they take it, they turn it to stickers, they do all kinds of stuff with it. You know, but you know when Paul said that statement, you know Paul didn't just make that statement because it was a nice sticker statement. He says, the angel of the Lord stood by me tonight and said, there shall be no loss. What did Paul say? Paul said what the angel said. Faith begins where the will of God is known. What has God said about your life? That's why all our confessions can be different. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, many years ago, some people copied a popular preacher and would say, ah, I cannot be poor, I cannot be poor, I cannot be poor. They ended up poor. And then they realized, <laughs> it's like it's not working. No, it's not that it's not working. It's you that's not working the word. He didn't make that statement because he heard someone say it. He made that statement out of a product of revelation. Faith begins where the will of God is known. And how do you know the will of God? The will of God is known by the word of God. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. You know, when all of these things is going on around the world right now, you know, and I was just before the Lord. And you know one of the things the Lord said to me? He says, go back to everything I told you in December and January about this year. And keep your eyes on the things I told you. Because this is just the distraction. And everything I said to you is going to come to pass this year. You realize there are people who are already giving up on the year. You know, some people just say, ah, let's just restart the year again. There's too much virus in this year. Let's... You know, people have already given up. People have concluded. You know, people are already making plans for next year. They just finished like the year is finished. You can't get beyond your expectation. The year is not finished. It will be a good year. Amen. It looks like negativity all around. But I tell you, by December 31st, we'll look back and we will think of the goodness of God and the mercy of God and the grace of God. And I decree by faith in Jesus, it's going to be our best year ever. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. What confidence do we have to say that? The path of the just shines brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. It's the law of the scriptures. It doesn't matter how the darkness is. We'll end up victorious. Praise God. Hallelujah. Numbers chapter 13. Thank you Lord Jesus. Numbers chapter 13. Praise God forevermore. God is a good God I tell you. Amen. Numbers chapter 13. And you remember this story. I dealt with it in part, in part 3. Of how the spies. They went up to, the, to, to spy the land. Make sure you get all the messages. Make sure you get all the messages. Part 1 to 3. And build on from there. I'm going to read from verse um, 30. Number 13, verse 30. I dealt with this in part 3. So make sure you get it. Then they talked about the whole spy thing. And they came and said, well, this and this. And this. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses. And said, we should by all means go up and take possession of it. For we will surely overcome it. 
But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are too strong for us. Not their confession. So they gave out to the sons of Israel a bad report. Note that, a bad report of the land. Which they have spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone is fine out. Is a land which devours the inhabitants. You know how people exaggerate stuff? It devours the inhabitants and yet there are still people there. Why didn't he finish this, those people? You know, bad reports are always exaggerated. Evil is always exaggerated because good news is not always news. It's bad news that makes news. It's bad news that goes viral. Have you heard of maybe certain pastors being criticized for the bad things they do online? Like this pastor, hey, hey, ha, church people, he, church people. And you know that same pastor will do something good and you never hear. <laughs> Praise God. Look at this. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great size. All the people. There's no short man in that land. Great size. <laughs> so if some of you would not have made... This land. Just look at you at the gate. Say, what? How size are you? Four feet two. No, you can't stay in Canaan. Just go there. People here are great size. <laughs> then we also saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, and part of the Nephilim. And we became like grasshoppers in our own sight. Observe the word became. They became like grasshoppers. That means as they were looking at the guys, and they were forming that opinion that these guys are strong. They were reducing in their size. The more they meditated on the size of those guys, the more they reduced. The more they meditated. You know, it's picture in my mind. I think a lot when I saw the scripture. The picture I have in my mind is like, you know, they are thinking and then they are reducing. They are thinking, they are reducing. They are thinking, they are reducing. And then once they just took off like, because you realize that, man, these guys are going to kill us. But you realize that they say, we became like grasshoppers. And if an army commander is to select you to go and spy a land, you're not a small child. You're, I mean, he selected the best. You will not select a weak, dull you know, nothing grasshopper-like man to go and spy a land. You know that the man will not return. You have to pick a, a nice, solid, well-built military guy to spy. And these guys became like grasshoppers. They were not grasshoppers. They became like grasshoppers as they meditated on the size of the giants. You see, the more you meditate on your problem, the more you are reduced. The more that problem looks like it can overtake you. Are you following what I'm saying? The more it looks like I can't overtake this thing. Don't talk to God about your problem. Talk to your problem about God. Mark 11.23 If you say to this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast out, you shall have what you say. Glory to God. He didn't say describe the mountain. He says talk to the mountain. You know when this whole thing started? You know one of the things I kept speaking over our church? We are going to have the overflow. This is going to work for our good. We are going to be on the increase. Glory to God. I'm telling you, I've never once reduced my confession concerning the expectation of this local house. It doesn't matter what's going on out there in the world. Because I have what I say. I don't have what is happening. Glory to the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 14. Chapter 14, sorry. Verse 1. Then, all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried. And people wept that night. And all the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt. Can you see the people that were crying? You know, that God should deliver them from Egypt? Or would that we had died in this wilderness? Why is the Lord bringing us into this land? To fall by the sword. Our wives, our little ones, will become plunder. Look at their confession. They are already declaring that ah, our little ones will become plunder. Our wives. <laughs> would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? 
So they said one to another, let us appoint a leader and return to Egypt. Very organized in evil. Very, you see how people in unbelief are well structured. They have even decided, let's appoint a leader. We're going back to Egypt. These were the same people that sang on the, uh, um, at the Red Sea. Thank God for delivering us. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. And don't ever forget this. No matter how good you are to a person, the human mind, the human memory is very short. Never get upset when you help people and they forget. Part of the signs of the last day is not COVID-19. It's ingratitude. Go and study Second Timothy. Say they will be ungrateful. Are you following what I'm saying? You can help people and help people and help people and the day you don't have to help them, they, the way they will insult you, you'll be, you be surprised. And then they will not summarize them and say, it's that little thing you did, that little thing that you not let me rest. The little thing is actually maybe four years of training them in university. Never be surprised by the ingratitude of human beings. It's a natural thing. It takes a spiritual man to constantly remain grateful. Do you remember even God told the children of Israel, say, you shall remember the Lord your God. For it is he that gives the power to get wealth. So that when you get into the land, you will not say the might of my hand has governed me this wealth. Imagine God asking people to remember him. So if God can ask people, do you understand? It's like God saying, you know, it's like you give that to a child and say, please remember I'm your father. <laughs> if God can tell people, please remember I'm the Lord that gives you power to get wealth, then you are, people are bound to forget you. You know, you know, sometimes when I'm so good to people, even with the local church, I'll tell you this, right? I've grown up in the pastor's, pastor's home. I've pastored all my life. The people who talk the worst about the church are those who benefited most from the church. And probably the last request they made, you didn't hear it. There's nobody who talks bad about the church who's never been to that church. And you know what? People have selective memory. To choose all the bad things and leave all the good things. Do you realize that for every person who you consider is very bad, they have a good aspect? Why don't you train yourself to just focus on that? Just train yourself. You will be different. You will be like 1% out of the 7 billion people in the world. Because it's natural to run people down. It's natural to talk down on stuff. It's natural to insult. It's, it's, that's nature. Go against nature. You are spirit-filled. Don't say your mind. Say the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. Okay, so. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces in the presence of all the assembly. Of the congregation of the sons of Israel, Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jophanim, of those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. And they spoke to all the congregation of the sons of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord is pleased with us, and how does God become pleased with us? By faith. Then He will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. <laughs> Only do not rebel against the Lord. And do not fear the people of the land. So we see that their expression and their confession was a product of fear. So when somebody is saying something, it's either faith or fear speaking. It's either faith or fear speaking. Praise God. It says, do not fear the people of the land. For they will be our prey. Their protection has been removed from them. And the Lord... Is with us. Glory to God. Do not fear them. Verse 10. But all the congregation said to stone them with stones. <laughs> the stone they should have used to go and conquer the giants in the land. They want to leave those stones on Joshua and Caleb. You know, in those days, people used to stone a lot. 
Then the glory of the Lord appeared in the tent of meeting to all the sons of Israel. Remember the woman caught with adultery. The Bible said they all had stones to stone her. Even Paul. You know Paul was stoned there. And the Jews, when they stone you, it's almost like jungle justice. There's someone there who will hold the biggest stone and leave it on you last. That's to confirm your death. And I was actually... <laughs> and then they leave you for dead. That's what happened to Paul. And then the disciples gathered around him and prayed and he came back to life. They were quick to stone. <laughs> Eleven. Then the Lord said to Moses, How long will these people spawn me? And how long will they not believe in me? So you see this? Fear is actually unbelieving God. Fear is unbelieving God. Look at this. Look at this. Despite all the signs which are performed in their midst, I will smite them with pestilence and dispose them and I will make you into a nation greater and mightier than they. But Moses said to the Lord, Then Egyptians will hear of it. For by your strength you brought up these people from their midst. And they will tell it to the inhabitants of the land. They have heard that you, O Lord, are in the midst of these people. For you, O Lord, are seen eye to eye. Why your cloud stands over them and you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Now if you slay these people as one man, then the nations who have heard of your fame will say, Because the Lord could not bring these people into the land which he promised them by oath, therefore he slaughtered them in the wilderness. And you need to get something from here. Sometimes when things happen to believers, because they walk, oh, sorry, to believers, yes, because they walk in unbelief towards God, people start blaming God on why God allowed it to happen. So you see, that's what Moses is trying to say here. He says, if this happened, people are going to blame you, that you couldn't bring them. But if we look at this case right here, is it that that God couldn't bring them or they couldn't trust God to bring them? So you realize that sometimes it's the fact that people cannot trust God to get to the next level. And when things happen to them, people say, oh, why did God allow it? Oh, why did God allow it? And sometimes when people die, they say, God, where God needs another angel. Stop saying that nonsense. God doesn't kill people to create angels. He's a creator. If you think God needs another angel, well, you go ahead and join them. Would you rather be an angel that you go to work every morning? It's just nice to just be, well, if you follow that concept of angel. It's, it's not nice to just wake up in the morning and just flap your wings and then maybe they just send you to bring something to us here. You just bring and then you go back. What am I doing here? Stressing myself over coronavirus. Hand sanitizer, face mask. I just be an angel. I just fly down and drop hand sanitizers for you people and go up. You won't think of lights bill. You won't think of house rent. There won't be any quarrel there. Although some of you will hide quarrel to heaven, just hide the small one. So just in case of anybody that wants to come between me and Jesus, I'll just show them. Yes, Jesus, just allow me one minute. Let me just tell them who I was before you saved you. Like, and then Jesus asks you, how did you make it here? <laughs> Okay, <laughs> let's read up. Okay. <laughs> you know, some believers will quarrel when they get to heaven. Hey, they will quarrel. Like, I thought we dealt with this thing on earth. Say, no, I brought small. Okay. <laughs> now, if I slay these people as one man, then the nations who read of your fame will say, because the Lord could not bring these people into the land, which he promised them by oath. Therefore, he slaughtered them in the wilderness. Whenever we walk on unbelief and disobedience, we open ourselves for the enemy to come. And people blame God for that. Look at this. But now I pray, let the power of the Lord be great, just as you have declared. The Lord is slow to anger. Thank God for that. And abundant in loving kindness. Can you see that? God is slow to anger, but has loving kindness more abundantly. Forgiving iniquity and transgression. 
but he will be no he will by no means clear the guilty, visiting iniquity of the fathers and the children to the third and the fourth generation. And this is where people used to preach generational curses. But then I think I've dealt with that. Pardon, I pray the iniquity of these people according to the greatness of your loving kindness, just as you also forgiven these people from Egypt even up until now. So the Lord said, I've pardoned them according to your word. Ooh, this is powerful. This is powerful. See, that's why we pray. Why do we pray? Why do we intercede for people? We pray to release the mercy of God upon their lives. You know, you realize, man, I don't have time to deal with this, but you realize the promise God made to Moses. God says, I'm going to take all these people out, and out of you, I'll make a great nation. And Moses said, no. no. Can you imagine? It's like God saying, you know what? I'm going to take out everybody on this earth, and out of you, I'm going to build a new nation. I say, God, when are you starting? Like, she started like yesterday. But Moses was not, was not selfish. He didn't take that offer. But you realize something? It was those same people that led Moses to his death. By crumbling and crumbling and crumbling. And God I got angry. <laughs> uh, I've pardoned them according to your word. That's why we intercede. But indeed, as I live, all the earth will be filled with the glory of God. Thank you, Lord. Surely all the men who have seen my glory and my signs which have performed in Egypt and in the wilderness, yet they have put me to test these ten times and have not listened to my voice. <laughs> like God was counted. We did it, number one, number two, number three. This is ten times. Unbelief. They were consistent in unbelief. Consistent in trying God. Consistent in testing God. Shall by no means see the land which I saw to their fathers. Nor shall any of those who spawn me say it. Look at verse 24. But my servant Caleb, because he had a different spirit. Observe the word different spirit. What is that different spirit? It's the spirit of faith. It's the spirit of faith. Caleb said we are well able to possess the land. Because he had a different spirit and has followed me fully. I'll bring into the land which he entered and his descendant shall take possession of it. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 13 very quickly. We'll come back here. The spirit of faith is a different spirit. It creates different realities for your life. 2 Corinthians um, 4.13 But having the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe. Therefore, we also speak. So, our speaking is a product of our believing. Glory to God. And he says, we've got the spirit of faith. Caleb had a different spirit. If you have a different spirit, you would have a different result. Are you hearing me now? If you have a different spirit, you will have a different result. Now go on, he says, But my servant Caleb... Because he had a different spirit and has followed me fully. I bring into the land which he entered and his descendants shall take possession of it. Now the Amalekites and the Canaanites live in the valleys, turn tomorrow, set out to the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation? For they grumble against me. And he said all that, verse 28, Say to them, as I leave, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I'll surely do to you. So God responds to our confessions. 
Mark 11, 23. You would have what you say. So God says, you want to be in this wilderness? You want to die here? That's what you've been saying? Well, I'm going to do that to you. So you realize, they said something to God. Joshua and Caleb said something else to God. And what did they get? They got exactly what each one said to God. Your confessions dominate you. Praise the name of the Lord. Your confessions rule you. Your confessions govern you. And that's why it's important for us to learn to speak the right words. And we don't speak the right words just by bold face. We don't speak the right words just by strong will. We speak the right words because we fill the heart with the word of God. Hallelujah. God wants us to declare his words. God wants us to declare his words. And you know what you need to do today? Just get back into the word of God. Get back. What did God promise you? Get back into the healing scriptures, into scriptures of increase and protection and preservation and divine health and immunity and meditate on them. And before you know, that word will begin to come out of you. Hallelujah. As long as I live, just as you have spoken into my ears, shall I do unto you. A man will not rise above the level of his confession. A man will never go beyond the level of his confession. God wants us to experience the good life. Our confessions dominate us. And let me tell you something. One of the things you need to learn to do in your life is to stop joking with things that contain life and death. Don't just say it's a joke. Make sure your confessions are lined up consistently based on what you want. Your, con- your confessions should be based on your expectations. As you have spoken to my ears, so shall I do unto you. Glory to the name of the Lord. Let's pray in our faith and let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's just thank the Lord and say, Father, we just respond in faith. Oh, glory to the name of Jesus. We just respond in faith. We respond in faith. Thank you, Jesus. We respond in faith. We respond in faith. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Lift your voice and just thank Him. Lift your voice and thank Him. Lift your voice and thank Him. We respond in faith. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. We respond in faith. Glory to the name of the Lord. Glory to the name of the Lord Jesus. Glory to the name of the Lord Jesus. We respond in faith. Amen. We respond in faith. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We respond in faith. Father, we thank you. Oh, we call everyone blessed in the name of Jesus. We call everyone blessed in the name of Jesus. You are preserved and kept in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Blessed be your name forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's have a... Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.